0: you guys welcome this is we have ted marr here with us today uh ted i'm gonna let you explain everything you are i know he's a psychic and he's really really he has his own radio show podcast his own channel so um how do you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know how do you describe yourself
1: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for asking well i'm a human I live in this third dimension, although I try to spend as much time in the fifth dimensions and higher as I can. Um, I also like to go aboard the Pleiadian mothership, where my good friend Admiral is. I've got quarters up there I go to frequently. I also go down to Telos, into the hollow earth, and see see Adama and our friends in Telos. I I go a lot into the different dimensions. I'm in third dimension right now only because I have to be here. (laughs) So here I am. I'm, I'm a psychic, uh, a book author. I've been in touch with the other side for about, boy, it's going on 27 years now. My foster mother was a master psychic who worked for the Seattle Area, area Police Departments. And when they had really tough cases, Nikki, they, they couldn't find you know, like the solution for, her. they would give her a picture of a child or a piece of clothing, and she would be able to usually accurately tell what happened to that child. I mean, it was hard work. And the police said, don't tell us, don't tell anybody we're doing this, but we respect you and um, we, we want your help. And they would, would be able to solve many cases that way. She was sort of the unsung hero behind. But back then that was in the uh, 80s and 90s when she was doing that. And she did it as a matter of service. And they said, the police department said, don't tell anybody this or else we'll lose our jobs. <laughs> but you know, nowadays I think people are more open to it than they were back then. And when my foster mother, Terry, started instructing me on how to do this, she said, keep it quiet because you'll get ridiculed. So, well, I think I still get once in a while, I'll get that, but not very often. People are much more open and accepting to, to that nowadays. So how old were you when you started like learning this? I was, um, well, how old was I? I think I was about 40 when I was, when I was starting to, to do that. 40 or, yeah, 39, 40. I was about that age. It's very interesting what happened to me. I... I was an attorney for many years after it was, it took a long time, but I had, I had a lot of clients who wanted me to lie, steal and cheat for them. And I couldn't do it any longer. And so then I stopped practicing and then I thought, well, what am I going to do now? And, and I asked for guidance. And so out of the blue in a library in the Seattle area came up, came this, this homeless man um, who asked me, he said, Ted, you need to start your own radio show and start writing books. I looked around, then he disappeared. About four or six weeks later, another fellow in another library said the same thing to me, came up to me. He said, Ted, you need to start your own radio show and start writing books. And then he disappeared. And I thought, well, these are angels coming to me, Nikki, to, to tell to give me advice. They answered my question. So then I said, I said to myself, well, I don't know the first thing about radio. My dad used to love to listen to the radio and I I liked radio myself. And so I said, Well, how am I going to break into that that area when I don't know a thing about it? Well, it turns out I met this, uh, this, this made a new friend who was good friends with the station manager of a program called KKNW in Bellevue, Washington, near Seattle. And within about 45 minutes of meeting, meeting him, I had signed a contract to start my own show. And um, it was going to be on the paranormal and psychics and UFO subjects. And so I started the show and it was funny, but when I started the show, it, it cost money to be on the air, $800 a month. So I paid it. And at the time, I was doing um, some consulting work, but I didn't have any steady income at all. And, and I said to my guides, I said, how am I gonna pay for this? Now I've got $800 a month I didn't have before, and I still have to have food and rent and everything else. And they said, don't worry about it, we'll cover it. So I formed, uh, basically, this is a nonprofit radio show, and I haven't looked back since either. Um, within a year after starting my show, about six months, my ratings had gotten so, so popular, the, the station asked me to do a second hour. So I broadcast um, on KKNW in Bellevue from all the way from September, September 13, all the way through July of last year. When I decided to leave, there was some censorship on the show. They didn't like, I was criticizing the governor of Washington for the way he was handling this pandemic. And the mayor of Seattle, who I really didn't like, there's a lot of problems in Seattle from her poor handling. And so they put pressure on me. And so I decided just to leave. And, and, and as, as soon as I left, all these other opportunities opened up. I'm now broadcasting out of San Francisco on BBS radio. And I have a huge worldwide audience, over 100 countries. And then I've also been uh, broadcasting out of Vienna, Austria, every other Monday in German and English. And in San Francisco, I broadcast in both English and in Spanish.
0: But and is it the same show? Is it out of this different. world? It's,
1: different. The same, it's the same show, but I have different guests. Okay. Yeah. and then um, I started uh, in August of last year. I started broadcasting in Miami, Florida, on WWNN, but I'm going to be cutting back on that schedule recently, just because I've got lots of irons in the fire. I can only I only have so many hours. Per, I've been I've been broadcasting like five hours, sometimes over that per week.
0: So, so I also noticed that you're, st- I don't know if you're starting or if you have been doing or, but you in plan on 2021, you're going to be doing some spiritual trips. You're going to be doing some, some tr- uh, <coughs> Mount Shasta and then potentially trips to Peru. So can you talk Peru. a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Sure. Nikki, and you're welcome to come along if you like.
0: Totally. Um, I, I totally want to go to Mount Shasta. I've been to Peru. I, I love Peru and I want to go back, but man, uh-huh. Mount Shasta is on my list.
1: Um, I've been going to Shasta since uh, 2015, the last six years now. I, I've seen a lot of miracle healings there happen. It's amazing, really. Uh, I had 2050 vision uh, in my right eye for many years. And about two years ago, uh, Adama, who's the high priest of, of Telos, the civilization beneath Mount Shasta, Nikki, came to me in a dream one night and asked me if I wanted a healing from my eyesight. And I said, yes, I'd love one. So he said that that I could see spiritually crystal clear now. And he asked me if I wanted to see physically crystal clear. And I said, yes. So the next morning I woke up and had 2010 vision in both eyes. And I could see all the trees around me. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. And then three years ago, I'd been working 24 seven for many years without, I usually don't take many breaks. And my heart was wearing out. And they asked me um, if I wanted a new heart. And I said, yes, I'd love a new heart. So they gave me a new heart. So now I'm built for the next 2,000, 3,000 years. Easy. It uh, comes with a, the body parts come with the warranty. So for any reason, I want to return. I can return returned and get a new one. But um, at Mount Shasta, we see a lot of miracle healings. The healings are done by Admiral Halosaurus of the, the Pallidian Mothership as well. They have a they have a base at Mount Shasta. They're they're actually above Mount Shasta in the sky. And you can see that's where they're usually. Okay, stationed.
0: so I have another shaman friend that says that... Um when he went there, he he met some Lumerians who also have a base there in the mountain. So um, and when when we say Mount Shasta, are we talking about the little town that's kind of like the Sedona? Are we talking about a particular peak, like the actual mount that is Mount Shasta, or we're talking about the whole entire surrounding area? Like, surrounding is there, area. how's that work? Oh, the surrounding <clears throat>
1: area. The surrounding area. <clears throat> area is good. Yeah, let me explain a little bit. I'm a bit of jumping ahead of myself. I get excited when I talk about this, so. <laughs> Um, Shasta itself, um, there's lots of portals at Mount Shasta that lead into the Hollow Earth, and um, but they, if you've got, if you're negative, or 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 if you're negative or want to do harm to anybody, they won't let you in. They'll close it off, and that actually happened last year. I had agents from a three-letter agency in Washington D.C. working for the for the for the negatives, who um, came on my trip. And they started a fire, illegal fire at Mount Shasta in our campground. Then they called the police and blamed it on me in an attempt to get me in trouble. And then they tried to burn the, the, the forest down too. So I, I reported them to the police there at, at Shasta, but they have polluted the area now, that area, that campground where I was going, I won't be going back there again. There's other portals that I've been told about by uh, Adama that we'll be going into, but that's kind of a sad thing. You know, once that energy's there, The Telosians and the Lemurians want nothing to do with them. But the the, the city of Telos is about 125 miles beneath Mount Shasta. And they're a fifth dimensional civilization. They don't eat meat. They communicate telepathically. They live to at least a thousand years. And sometimes they can actually live in their physical body. They can live, it's their choice. They can live for at least a thousand years and sometimes 25,000 years. And um, they look just like us. They're a little stockier, um, uh, blonde hair. But do they perceive
0: Um, time the same way as we do? Like, does a year feel like a year to them?
1: No, no. I'll give you an example. I had a group of about six Korean, six or seven Korean, South Koreans came on my trip uh, in September, 2016. Mm -hmm. And we dropped, I dropped them off at a place um, that goes into Telos. And we dropped them off in the morning around 10 a.m., And then I went back to look for them a little later, they were gone. And I knew they were inside the Hallow Earth. They were in the city of Telos. And while they were there, they took a shuttle train to Telos and then to Shambhala, which is a real city,
0: Agartha.
1: Agartha, right. They went in, they did a lot of traveling and then they had small children with them who got scared being in the higher dimension. So they came back, they came back about eight hours later and on their watches, it showed that only less than an hour had transpired. But in real Earth time, third dimensional time, about eight, hour, eight nine hours had transpired. So time slows down when you're there. Really, it slows down. Other people, I've, I've been going into Telos since um, August of 2015. And then about two years ago, we were at the camp, this campsite late one night, and I saw a UFO up in the sky. So I contacted it telepathically. Was the Plutonian mothership with my uh, with my good friend Admiral Halosaurus? He's in charge. There's 2.5 million Plutonian ships right now around the planet. They're helping us with the ascension. So I sent a telepathic message to him. Could you could you have your your mothership go up? And it went up. And then I asked it to go down. It went down. Then I asked it to go left and then right. And finally. I got the message, enough of this nonsense. He, he beamed himself down. He's real curious. Who are these earthlings down there anyway? So he beamed himself down, and right next to the campsite, we could see the ephemeral image of him there next to the, to the campfire. And, and we had a long conversation. He said that um, he and his crew had been, had been gone from Alcone, which is the, where they're from. There's a base there in the uh, in the in the Pleiades constellation and they've been gone for six years and they will stay with us until the until the ascension is finished which according to the current timeline and this can be speeded up to the year 2025 so when the entire planet how do you shift. see
0: that working like do, um do you see that working like in a physicality like there's actually like a 3d 5d shift like like something within our 3dness mm-hmm. changes or mm-hmm. do you see it more like a like a gradual just consciousness kind of starts to wake up within people.
1: What I see, Nikki, is that um, parts of the planet will start, will shift. Not every, everything's going to shift at the same time. Um, Mount Shasta now is about 4.6 on the, on the dimensional scale. Um, it will shift in the full fifth dimension within the next couple of months. It'll be followed by Sedona. And then the, the entire, most of Japan will shift into the fifth dimension this year.
0: But what would that mean for 3Dness? Like, would they still be able to go there, perceive it, or how how would that work?
1: If you're if you are in a high vibration, you will you will go into fit 5D when you're there. If you're a lower dimension, you will you will fall back into 3D and you will not gain access to 5D. So it's going to be really interesting time right now. But the negatives are being are being um, taken out, and they will be gone off the planet by the end of this year and people who are simply asleep will also be leaving as well until they wake up there is a there is a um, a third dimensional lower third dimensional earth that's been created on the other side of the solar system and they will negatives people negative people and people who are asleep will be going there for at least uh, 25,800 years or one line cartoon cycle it's the amount of time it takes for this the sun of this solar system to go around the central sun unfortunately Years ago, the Galactics told me, my, my friends in the Galactic Alliance told me that there would be a separation happening now, and I didn't know how it would happen. I didn't know there would be a war or people would be eliminated, but it's happening now with the uh, medicine that people are taking. Yeah. And those who take it, um, 20%, at least 20% will be gone within the year and 80% ultimately will be gone prematurely from it. They will be separated out. They won't be here any longer. I feel sorry for them. I try to wake as many people as I can up about what's going on, but a lot of them have had soul contracts where they wanted to go through this experience. I I still continue to talk talk about it, but um, it's kind of like watching um, uh, Jews going to concentration camps in World War II Germany. Um, they've been told one thing but they're going to find out a very different reality on the other side after they go through it but uh anyway that's uh, getting back to the shift from three to five d um that's what's going to happen it's happening right now as we speak
0: well um i actually went to a portal in columbia um in march of 2020 and Mm -hmm. um i didn't get let into the actual portal but I did see a unicorn, like a real unicorn with the white horse with the horn in on zero substances, like it touched me on the shoulder. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is where
1: did where did you go? What what? what I was went it? to.
0: It was called Manoa, and it's um, yeah, it's in the mid. It's in the middle of nowhere. It was like a, a two and a half day journey on buses to get to, and like uh-huh. there was like a farmhouse thing, and um. I had I had met this, he's the same guy who saw Lumerians in Mount Shasta. Uh, I met this shaman guy at a Native uh-huh. American thing, and he was a Colombian, and And he, uh-huh. he's in his late 70s, and when he was younger, he got taken into what he, this portal in Colombia, he says is, they call themselves Minoan, but that they uh-huh. are of the Atlantean race. Anyway, so he was gone for what felt like five hours for him, but it ended up being about think 3 weeks or something around that when he finally mm-hmm. got back and he had he had some interesting messages from that but it, it basically there's that they were like giant six-fingered blue giants with red oh. hair you know oh. which is kind of common saying throughout there's like a lot of that same tell has been like there's a that's been found in like Afghanistan and all kinds of stuff like this same sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway. So like, I went to see like, why not, you know? And it was, it, it, it was, it was interesting because I, I do feel like not all like not all of the party party we were with was real high vibe. Like there was a couple of really like kind of dark energies with us. And I do feel like that's why we were ultimately prevented from going in. Like that's, that's correct.
1: That is correct. That is correct. I'm yeah. very careful now who I allow on my trips. Everyone goes through a screening process. But if, if you're interested, it's just $200 per person. Yeah, that's, not,
0: that's awesome. That's not bad at all.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. It includes free camping. And just, you can go to my website at outofthisworldreadings.com and all the information's there, so. Cool. Uh, well, through... you know, um,
0: with the Inner Earth stuff, like I have a couple of people that I've talked to. who, who like, There was another girl I talked to who she's kind of basically says she went in through Mount Shasta into, um, I don't, I think she may have used the word telos. She basically went in through a, a kind of a meditative state almost, but then Sarata, the Colombian guy, he says you can physically walk in. So I don't know how to, how to perceive that. Um, so how do you, what do you think about that?
1: Well, um, you have to have their permission to come in first off and uh to go into telos now i i really don't have to be at mount shasta although i like it there and i just go right in now uh, i've been going there now for the past six years um when i first went in one night i was in a dream state it was about 5 five thirty in the morning and in in my dream state they they took me there they the te- um adama and the people of Telos. And I remember being in this square and I was surrounded by a bunch of really nice people with these long white robes. The men had long beards and the women just had long hair. And we, I talked to him for a while and I spent a good part of the, the, that early part of the morning with him. And then I came back and then I woke up and I said, oh my God, I've, I've gone to Telos, which was just amazing. So it's their home, you know, and um, it's like Telos. I mean, like, it's like going to Mount Shasta. If you're negative energy, don't even bother to come. Mm-hmm. They don't want you there. You'll be prevented from, from coming. And if you, um, if you, if you try to disrupt a trip or do negative things, they'll close off the entrances. They've closed off some entrances now. The Telosians have um, at Mount Shasta. They're, they're not open right now because of all the negativity from the problems we had from this three-letter agency last year.
0: So what about, um, what's the relation to Agartha through the Tibetan, like, head, I'm head glad
1: you. Here? I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. Because I visited, I came in contact with the Agarthans last, uh, about a year ago. And I was in Peru at the time. We were at the south end of Lake Titicaca at a place called Amarumuru. Okay, is so a you stargate. went
0: to the Stargate, okay, cool. Stargate. I wanted to go there, that's awesome. Pumapunku. Yeah,
1: We've been traveling all day. We were coming from, boy, we were coming from Cusco. We flew to Puna, hired a taxi, and drove over there. And it was kind of late in the day, about five o'clock. Hadn't gotten dark yet, but it was getting, it was starting to get, it was gonna get dark. And so when we got out of our little taxi, went to this sheer rock cliff. And as soon as we got out, we could hear children singing children and young adults and we thought there was another tour group up there and they're doing some music <laughs> well we walked up there and there was nobody there and after about 15 20 minutes we realized we were hearing the children from the uh, Gartha singing to us and there's a there's a there's a seat on this red cliff there and I sat on it and what happened is that the rock started turning to jello and then my oh. friend tom from new jersey Looked around to the, to the left side of me, and he could see through it. The rock became translucent, and you could see into Agartha. And, um, and at, that, at that very point, we had two condors flying overhead. And then um, my friend's Pledean mother mothership showed up. We could see it in the skies very, very clear, huge ship. Um, and I was tempted to stay, but we didn't have any camping equipment, nothing. So i think we could have gone they said we could have gone into garth at that point um but we're going to go back i'm uh, going back to peru this september september 15th through probably october 10th or 15th and awesome. we're not only going to go to that stargate but i've also got a shaman who's going to take me into another stargate at tiatahuacu on the bolivian side of the border uh, oh just over the border from lake Titicaca. From lake Titicaca. um a couple of years ago, there was a, um, there was a dispute between uh, Bolivia and the United States after Bolivia, Bolivia claimed that a um, three-letter agency tried to kill their prime minister from the United States, and they weren't very happy about it, so they were not allowing Americans in. I think mm-hmm. it's okay now, so I think we're okay going there now, but um, I do have a contact with lots of shamans, so I'll be going there in, in September. If you want to come, just go to my website at outofthisworldreadings.com. And uh, Peru's a beautiful place. I've been actually been trying to go to Peru since um, for about a year now. And I've had to postpone the trips each time. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm for one pretty tired of all this. I think it's, it's, uh, it's there's no base in fact for it. And what they wanna do, what the negatives wanna do, Nikki, is they wanna have a permanent police state. Permanent, forever. Treat us like cattle, you know, and kill us, sorry
0: yeah I, I mean the thing is is like what when I when I get down into the dread of that I uh one of my friends reminded me she's like even but there there is always a balance of light and dark on the universe it's like even if they want to do that they're not going to succeed in doing no
1: that. I know that you know? and I don't, yeah. say, I don't and want to yeah and it's and it's
0: you, you know I, I have so many relatives and friends who are on all different sides of the political spectrum or whatever and that they all think that you know the stuff but um I mean I'm even kind of just going like you guys even World War ii only lasted however many years it lasted even these things that are the darkness of the darkest of the dark doesn't even last forever so it's like no it's yeah, true it know. doesn't
1: and most of the time in in human history even dark dark regimes don't last that long mm. in the in the greater scheme of things so um this is of all the times of all the years from 2015 to 2030 this is the toughest last year the end of last year and the first part of this year will be the toughest times in human history right now yeah that's what I was told and there's a great separation going on right now and I hate to say it well President Kennedy told me months ago to try to bring as many neighbors leave no neighbor behind so that's what I've been trying to do but leave no neighbor behind you say leave no neighbor behind okay. Yeah, but a lot of people aren't going to make it they're not i'm sorry but they're not going to make it so i'm sad about i've been sad about that i've been doing a lot of bereavement counseling the last week yeah from people who've taken the medicine and have died and now i have to consult the families and i get a hold of them on the other side and i know my business is going to be increasing here
0: so uh, and that is very 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 sad and i but- um yeah
1: but but I you know I don't want to I don't want to dwell on it. Um, this is their choice. All you can do with like your radio show, Nikki, and your friends and family. I do the same thing, is try to raise their consciousness as much as possible, in a good way, and say, look, hey, you got a choice. This doesn't have to happen to you. Um, like a psychic, and when I do my psychic readings, that's what I do too. Even if I see something bad for some people, I always give them a choice of what what they can do, and. Um, yeah, my, my, the main, um, I broadcast uh, mainly out of uh, San Francisco now, but Vienna as well. If you want to see my broadcasting information, my website is out of radio.net uh, and you can find yeah, it. Yeah, and I'll, there.
0: and I'll definitely link that as well in the description.
1: Okay. Okay. And then,
0: so you talk about, um, that there was something else about the Galactic Wisdom Conference, or is that still?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's on fine. Yeah, yeah, I have that every yeah. year. This will be my seventh annual conference galactic wisdom conference this year So, are you
0: putting it on are you going to be a speaker there you're putting it on
1: putting it
0: online or in person or how's that work both okay so tell me about this
1: okay all right well um i have i I emphasize on having um some really good speakers talk about ufos extraterrestrials life beyond this planet but there's also a, a healing component spiritual healing component that i i emphasize and i have a lot of spiritual healers there as well. I usually have uh, uh, people from the Emoto office in Tokyo. I'm on the board of directors for the Moto Peace Project, America, mm-hmm. and I bring in Haruki. Like Doctor
0: Emoto, the the Secret Life of Water.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: Okay, That's cool. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he was murdered by the Ch- poisoned by the Chinese in 2014, his work is continuing now. With, the, with, with Michiko Hayashi and the other people in their office. They do a wonderful job. Anyway, they'll be giving a presentation on what's called haro. Haro is vibration. And according to Dr. Moto, everything was vibration. So that if you change the vibration, if you raise your vibration, you can help yourself with nearly any physical or spiritual condition. So they'll, they'll be there. I've invited uh, James Redfield, the author of The Celestine Prophecy there as well. Myself will be giving a presentation on our beautiful, bright future. I wrote a book, Oh it must have been about 2 years ago on our beautiful bright future it's called messages from the masters. Go to out of this world and you can you can you can click on miscellaneous and you'll see it there. So you,
0: you do a presentation where you talk about how people can channel and talk to angels and benevolent ETs and um so do you, are you I, I guess you're actually a channeler yourself in addition to being a psychic? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And come, so you, you can, you, you teach this skill or how does that
1: work? I do. Yeah. I have a spiritual mentoring program where I teach people how to talk to the other side. I've actually written a book in English on how to do that. Um, it was supposed to be published by now. It was supposed to be published by um, a publisher friend in Munich, uh, Germany in English and in German last August. But because of all this pandemic, yeah. everything's been delayed. It'll probably be published this year in Germany.
0: Yeah. You, maybe you could just self-publish.
1: I can do that too yeah yeah Yeah. i'm writing a third book now um called journey to um what was it messages from the um it's all about messages from the pleiadians and lemurians on our beautiful bright future so anyway so
0: yeah how do you see pleiadian and lemurian merging mergence because i've heard that the i've heard they have a connection to each other so how does that yeah
1: it's basically the same energy it's it's the same energy but Palladian
0: are, but I mean, I guess Palladians are from the Pleiades and the Lumerians are from our past and on earth.
1: Right, right. They're, they're from our past on earth, but the Lumerians' original home was the Pleiades. Okay. So that's okay. how the linkage goes. And their capital was in Maui, um, in, in, in Hawaii. Or
0: Mu that no longer exists. Too. Or
1: Mu, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a book I've been reading now called Church on Churchward. Uh, about the ancient continent of Miu Mew was a little further or was it it was um, I believe it was west of Hawaii yeah it was west of Hawaii hmm. but I've time traveled uh, to Lemuria beautiful place um, I, I've, I've been to the top of the I've also been to the physically to the top of Maui and looked down and seen all these beautiful places and everything it's quite nice yeah
0: it's so weird when you just even look like the the catastrophe that was like 11,600 years ago before then Doggerland was a continent that existed in between england and france that connected english channel that was all a whole bunch of land that existed not even that long ago and same thing with zealandia like new zealand used to be bigger than australia like there was like a huge amount of land mass that connected to the i mean our geography has changed so much even in in just like twelve thousand years. It's yeah, it's crazy. true. Yeah. Yeah. It has. And we we always have this sort of, um, I mean, don't speak for myself, but like a lot of people always have this this view that how the land looks now is how it's always looked, and that's just not the case.
1: I I interviewed a guy named George Smith on my radio show a couple of weeks ago. He was so good, I I gave him two hours, two different interviews. And his autobiography, he's been in contact with extra, benevolent extraterrestrials for the past, I think, 30 or 40 years. And his autobiography was entitled um, uh, Life in a Fishbowl in the end on Earth. Because for most people, they live within this fishbowl because they don't and they don't see outside of a certain parameter of what life is really like. And um, but he says that's that's changing now. People are waking up. But he, that's what he said. It was very interesting hearing him talk like that. That living on this planet was like life in a fishbowl.
0: Yeah, I, 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 it makes a lot of sense actually.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's and it's hard too because uh, if you if you believe that there's other stuff going on, you 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 almost have to, you know, tread who you say that to, which is yeah, just I know. crazy. I, I
1: no, they'll they'll take it as an insult, mm-hmm. and it's not really. Everyone's got a different vibrational frequency nikki and um we're all here for purpose this is like a big earth school to learn things before you ascend into the higher dimensions so
0: well if- i i was wondering one more Would you, so okay in relation to the telos or the inner earth and the hollow earth theory and all that um which i'm super fascinated with the hollow earth theory i mean i have like a big document that I've compiled of any different story that I, I feel like has anything to do with whether it's like the Hopi Indians being taken into the Grand Canyon area by the ant people and living a thousand years underneath the the earth to while there was flood or whether it's, uh, you know, there's tales of Norwegian men who got st- through a, a portal through the North pole into a hole or, you know, Admiral Byrd who goes down through the South pole, or you have Tibetan Agartha stories, like whatever it is, there's so many of these stories of people coming from inside the earth. There's this plane and then there's like astral plane and etheric pain, energy, but plane. There, there's other dimensions for sure. We don't, we don't really know what we're even, even on the farthest we've drilled down is like, you know, not even that, not even that deep. And, you know, we assume that the, the assumption that it's still a theory that the earth's iron. That's not necessarily true.
1: That's true. I've been told by my friends in the hollow earth that the, the whole earth, Nikki, is full of, full of, of hollow caverns. And um, that's where the Lemurians have been. Actually, the Lemurians have been there since about 12,500 years ago. And what happened at that point is that the Atlanteans, a small military and civil clique, destroyed much of the planet with nuclear and crystalline weapons Mm -hmm. and so when their civilization was destroyed they didn't have much time they were able to get 25,000 people and all of their technology into these caverns underneath Mount Shasta and they've been there now for over 12,000 years and they generally have stayed to themselves they've started coming up to the surface now and within the next couple of years as we shift into the fifth, we will meet their vibration and we'll be able to see them physically in this new fifth dimensional state.
0: Yeah, the Atlantean portal that I went to um, was a breakaway. It was almost like a breakaway civilization from the other Atlanteans that they they also claimed that there was a Lumerian-Atlantean nuclear war and that um, that there were people who didn't agree with it who broke away and had another civilization underneath. And there was there's a couple, they say, over... Uh, spread out throughout the planet like so not all of the atlanteans and not all of the Lumerians died
1: okay that makes sense is that manoa where you saw yeah was that the breakaway okay that would make sense that they're still there today even yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah. crazy i love all this stuff it's yeah. just like uh-huh. cool. this is my jam um <laughs> i'm also you know i'm also into ets and stuff too but um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this the the bigfoot do you think that they are um I've heard a lot of different theories about Bigfoot, but um, w- w- what is their connection with Mount Shasta?
1: They live there, it's their home. I've seen them.
0: Okay, so do you, but do you think that they are um, fifth dimensional? Do you think they're ET? Do you think they're like, what, what do you think they are?
1: There's four subspecies of Sasquatch. The ones who look like us have very fine fur over their body, but otherwise they look just like us. They're called uh, the ancient ones. And they were um, an attempt by a benevolent um, advanced um, fifth dimensional um, human civilization to create a hybridized um, uh, species to jumpstart evolution on this planet. They've been here for about three, four hundred thousand years. They're older than the Atlanteans. The Atlanteans were here about 200,000 years. They were another ET civilization. But the the Sasquatch hid from the Atlanteans because they thought that the Atlanteans were trying to, they did try to kill them. They tried to, because they wanted the earth for themselves with no other competition. Um, Of course, the Atlanteans ended up destroying themselves. Um, The Sasquatch are very benevolent. Um, They've actually, in September, 2017, I had a lady named Tammy from Minnesota on my trip at Mount Shasta. And she came in late one night, she stepped in her van and the Sasquatch surrounded her van completely and uh while it was surrounded the um they asked if she wanted a healing she'd been crippled for the last 20 30 years and she said yes so what happened then is that an et craft from the hollow earth came over her van they shot a beam of light into the top of the van the van opened up she was beamed up aboard the van given a new pair of legs put back in the van The, the top of the van was sealed up again she woke up the next morning and when I saw her, she was running around screaming at the top of her lungs. They healed me. They healed me. They healed me. And I thought at first that she was on drugs. And I said, I'm sorry, Tammy. You can't use drugs in this, in this, on this trip. You'll have to leave. She said, No, no, no. I'm still under high or anything. <laughs> I haven't been drinking any alcohol. I, they healed me. They and I said, they healed what? And who's they? And she said, the Sasquatch and the Lemur and the Telosians, they healed me. So she threw her um, crutches away and her wheelchair away and amazing story. She's fine today. Wow. Good story. Yeah,
0: that's, that's. well, sign me up. I'm going. (laughs) I would have, I I have been, I, I, it's so weird. I have been hearing the name Mount Shasta, Mount Shasta, Mount Shasta, and I've to go to Mount Mount Shasta for years. And like, I've tried, I've planned, I've planned at least, four trips in the last four or five years that have last minute gotten canceled you know
1: well it wasn't the right time for you to go yet um there will be a right time i think this year um the negatives are being forced off the planet and all of them will be gone by the end of this year
0: that's that's good
1: and and unfortunate but unfortunately it also includes people that are clearly uh, asleep who don't want to evolve there's an they're not necessarily bad they're good people, but they just are totally asleep. And this will wake them up.
0: I know a lot of those people. <laughs> um, and yeah. I'm related to a lot of those people. And I love a lot of those people, sure. um, but it's, yes. it's yeah. and, I, and I have had to come to the, um, I guess, kind of realization that, um, yeah, I know we're all like different aspects of, of creation. And uh, that maybe that's what they are wanting to experience
1: that's sure right exactly Uh uh-huh yeah
0: like we all have the internet we all have access to or most of us I mean we all have the uh ability to learn and believe or disbelieve whatever we want to so Mm -hmm. you know everybody's choosing the path that they want to choose
1: well I have to tell you you're a star child from the Pleiades who came down here with a mission to assist in our in the ascension of the consciousness raising of humanity so and I appreciate your work so much Thank you um, yeah yeah because actually uh, according to Nostradamus we were supposed to shift into the fifth dimension by the year 2038 uh, 17 years from now. Mm-hmm. but we're shifting now We're about we're about um, what 17 years early, 17, 18 years the process started actually back in 2016. In September 2016, what's called the Schumann Residence, which is the frequency of this planet, doubled from 7.8 hertz to 13.8 hertz. And it has, it went up to. It's um,
0: off the charts. It's like 70, 60, 40, 100, like all the time.
1: Well, yeah. It, well, last week, actually, um, week before last, it was 6,000 hertz. They measured it in Italy. Oh, wow. It's, it's now at 8,000 hertz.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I, I usually try to keep up with where it's at like every, every day I'm, yeah. And so what do you think the ringing in the ears is then? Cause I, sometimes I don't know if that's related to like our electronic pollution or if that's related to you're getting, something. You're getting
1: downloads. To... This is a Lemurian crystal I get from Shasta. It's been blessed by the priests of Telos. It's full of love and light. This is a um, tuning fork. It's a 528 Hertz tuning fork full of love energy. So when you hit this Lemurian crystal with this, you spread love everywhere. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, love energy everywhere. Also, I (laughs) wanted to tell you real quick, this is my book. I published a couple of years ago, Messages from the Masters. If you want a copy, just send me an email to World. Uh, 1150 at gmail.com. And I want to tell you too, one of my newest projects has been cleaning up Fukushima. Well, I've been asking people on my radio show every week now since mid-December to clean up Fukushima. And I'll tell you how we do it. Okay. We do it through prayers. And I'll share a prayer with you. But what Dr. Moto did back in, in uh, 99, he took a bottle of radioactive water from a radio, from a nuclear power plant in Japan. And he wrote the words, love and gratitude on the bottle of water. And he put this crystal, this picture of this crystal. This is messages from one of the children's book that we also sell. Um, the crystal itself is a crystal of what water looks like when you write love and gratitude on the bottle of water. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So he put this, a picture of this crystal with the words love and gratitude on a bottle of water. And um, this is what the uh, radiation looked like on the molecular level uh, before, uh, before and after. This is before he put this um, that love and gratitude crystal. It looks like amoebas, okay, mm-hmm. full of radiation. Within 48 hours, all the radiation was gone, and you had this instead, this beautiful crystal here. And the radiation was gone and drinkable afterwards. Yeah. Now, how now TEPCO, Tokyo Electric Power Company, has a plan by the end of the year to dump 1 million tons of extremely radioactive water into the Pacific o- Ocean. Because they believe that the solution to pollution is dilution. Yeah, I disagree. So my friends and I have been not only doing prayers every week, and I want to do a prayer with you quick, um, but we've been also, um, she's been, a friend of mine, Dr. Libby Rutledge out of Montana has been using a special Hado vibrational machine with a picture of Fukushima. And what she's done is that she's been sending love and light and positive vibrations to Fukushima. And she's been able to get a, a decrease the, the radiation by um, 80 and 90 percent wow using her uh, measurements uh, on a scale of one to ten uh the radiation of Fukushima she said was a seven and she's able to get it down to one now great so it's um it's amazing when you think about it so um I'm going to be getting a hold of TEPCO Tokyo Electric Power Company this week so I want their scientists to cal- calibrate and confirm our own measurements from here. She's been measuring it remotely using her huddle machine. She has a special vibrational huddle machine. The, the prayer that we go do is very simple. It's called, um, it's called the Onopono from Hawaii. And Dr. Moto used that prayer to help heal people. And it does work too. It goes something like this. Water, we're sorry. There we go. You can sort of see it here. Water, we're sorry. Water, please forgive us. Water, we thank you and water, we love you. And what we do in my prayers every, every week has been every, when I'm on the shows in San Francisco, I've been saying this prayer and sending lots of love and light to Fukushima and it has been, been cleaning it up and it does work too. One thing I wanted to share with you quickly is um, with my book, Messages from the Masters, when people order it from myself, I give them a free reading. Plus, they get a copy of this newspaper article here. This is a New Zealand article published on November 23rd in in, uh, 1963 in New Zealand. It was published while President Kennedy was still alive. Um, Wow. um, Yeah, because what happened is that entire Kennedy assassination was a conspiracy. And Vice President Lyndon Baines Johnson ordered all the U.S. embassies around the world to release this fake story about Oswald shooting Mr. Kennedy on November 22nd when he when he died and they did that in Auckland New Zealand the problem is that on November 22nd in Auckland New Zealand it was actually November 21st in the United States so it was um the wrong day right it was the wrong day yeah yeah so anyway that's what that's what I know so anyway yeah
0: very cool very cool well is there anything that you wished I would have asked you that I didn't get to ask you
1: know what I like to emphasize with people is how to make this world a better place so that's what I like to talk about and I want you to know that we're all powerful spiritual beings meant to create a much better and happier world and I know if we all work together we can create a much better and happier planet we have a beautiful bright future ahead of all of us and to stay strong um, and know that there's better times ahead of us uh, for all of us but we have to stand up for our, our rights now because they're being taken away uh, But no, we have a beautiful, bright future. And and I hope everyone will will join me. Uh, And I I want to thank you so much, too, Nikki, for all your beautiful work, because you're all helping to make the, the planet a better place. So that's how I look at it.
0: Thank you so much, Ted. That was great.